Hey friends, welcome to Naked in Truth, the podcast that's designed to open up your mind to help you break down walls and barriers in your life that you might not even know exist yet. But don't worry, every wall that we break down together on this podcast allows you the opportunity to level up and create your impact. With that being said, I think it's time for us to get honest, vulnerable, and naked in truth. And welcome back to the Naked in Truth podcast. I am Sarah D. I'm your host and creator. And I am so excited because we have a guest speaker with us here this Monday. And guys, we have Jess Friesen, the health and wellness coach. And some of you guys might know her on Instagram as Becoming HAF. So, Jess, do you want to say hey to the viewers? How's your day going so far? It's going great. You know, living the dream, as they say. (laughs) That's exactly it. So, Why I want to have you on the podcast is I feel like you have a great story, super inspirational. You've been through so much in your life that I really feel like the the listeners are going to resonate with at least one part of your story. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So when it comes to you, you are a Saskatchewan girl, if I'm correct, right? Born and born and raised in a small town. And when it came to your youth, I know that there was a lot of sports involved in your life. And how do you feel like you were able to connect with your sports and your youth and where that really took you into kind of your college years? Well, because I was so small town and because first of all, I just want to ask, is swearing allowed here? Yes, this is totally explicit. And I keep forgetting to let all my uh, uh, guest speakers know. So by all means, let her rip. (laughs) <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I have no filter and sometimes I forget. So this is, it's good clarification. We good. <laughs> so yeah, small town and played every sport that was available to me. And, but due to the fact of being in a small town and also being like a midget, <laughs> uh, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for me, um, you know, after, after high school to pursue anything. So, um, from high school, I started putting on a lot of weight for like no reason. My life like most of us do. Hey, yeah. Except my lifestyle didn't change too much. I was still very, very active. And then, um, yeah, so I kind of got a little bit chubby. Okay. I didn't like that. Cause I was always like super you know, fit. I'm very- assuming, right. I was fit and I was muscular even in high school. Like I remember like just from, just from playing sports and maybe I guess like working on the farm, um, all the boys used to call me guns and, and they used to make fun of my arms and stuff all the time. I was, uh, but at the same point that still gives a girl so much confidence. I feel like, especially in a time where like body image is a big thing when it comes to middle school, high school. Right. And I feel like to know that the guys are like looking at you for your muscles, like that puts you on some sort of a level instead of feeling like guys are looking at you because you don't have the greatest body. You know what I mean? Well, yes. and no. like, um, I think at a delicate age, like muscles weren't a thing back then. Okay. Uh, like I graduated high school in 2003 and 
I was very much like, okay, so I had a, a pixie haircut. Can you imagine? Like okay. my hair was like, <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then I was muscular with no boobs. Right. So tip, like I was just one of the boys. Like okay. I, I looked like one, okay. I acted like one. Um, and I, I really, you know, I wanted to be feminine. Um, but I mean, it just wasn't, it it took me a long time to really accept that I was a tomboy and I always had a lot more guy friends growing up too. Um, I resonated more with them, I guess, like, uh, that makes sense a bit. Um, so yeah. So then after high school, I, when I came to university, uh, I wanted to be active, didn't have a lot of options. So I played volleyball, but then I, uh, my best friend who I lived with at the time, he got into the gym Okay, and he's like, you know what, Jess, why don't you just come with me and I'll like, I'll show you around and whatever. So I went with him and I met with the owner. She made like a little workout plan for me. And I remember being so intimidated. It's actually a crazy story because the first gym that I worked out in is the gym that I've been working as a trainer out of for the past 10 years. So I love it. Yeah. It all kind of like came full full circle. circle. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember specifically seeing a few girls in there and I was just like in awe, like they were doing pull-ups and they were just strong. And I was, I gravitated towards that, but I had a lot of those insecurities. So I know when clients sit across from me and they, they say, you know, like, I'm just so intimidated by the gym. Uh, um, yeah, hi. Like, that was me. I was terrified. And it wasn't until, so that was 2003. I would say 2010. Like, I, I, I was active. I did. I dabbled in, like, lots of different things, um, gym-related. You know, some classes here and there. I would weight train, but never really took it seriously. It was just, yeah. like... An exercising kind of thing. Totally. And so like you were saying that you're um, like, you had those insecurities at that time when you started going to the gym, but you know, when you were coming out of high school, you kind of felt like you were a guy, right? Like you're like, I feel like I'm resonating with the dudes way more than the chicks, like trying to find that feminine side. Then you kind of gained a bit of weight and you're like, I have no idea why the fuck I'm gaining weight right now. And I have no option to really exercise. And I need to figure out where I want to go in this direction. Right. So what did those insecurities really look like for you? Because that could be a lot of different angles, I guess, in the big picture. Oof. Well, I mean, like I said, like I didn't really know who I was, okay. you know, so the insecurities strictly came from being a farm girl. And, um, I guess there was a lot of push and pull there too, because I was the youngest of three. Okay. My sister was quite the girly girl. She was also very into sports, but very feminine and we don't look anything alike. So she's blonde, blue eyed, tiny. And then (laughs) there's there's, like, I felt like a, you know, there's like a bull in comparison to her. Um, so I think like I was teased a lot. I was bullied in high school and it's the funny thing is because the boys were my friends, but also they were the ones that really bullied me too. Um, if any, I guess, I think they kind of liked me. It was their way of, you know, so 
but we don't know it at that time. We're just insecure no. as fuck. And we're like, okay, okay. Yeah. This is how you feel about me. Not cool. <laughs> yes. So like, I was like, when I tell the story, people laugh at me because I say from the town over, you know, that, uh, like that's where the girls would venture out and date and things. Of course, yeah. So if there was boys that were interested and the, like the boys in my hometown found out, then it was game on. Like I remember being pushed into lockers, like shoved in the hallways. I had stuff thrown at me. They called me like they picked apart my body. You know, it was bee sting. Like, like you'll, yeah, just like, I think like in a few years, like you might be pretty or you might, you know, Holy so just, shit. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, no, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. You know, and at the time, you know, it hurts because like, I think like, like I said, 2003, the magazines and everything that I was exposed to were, you know, cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. um, skinny is in. <laughs> yes. Right. So I didn't fit in with any, no. none of them. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not this person. I don't like how I'm being treated here. I don't really know who I am, but I know that this person needs to be strong. Right. Yeah. Like, and I, um, I don't think I really gave it much care or thought to really change anything much about myself, except I know that because I was so athletic, yeah. then gaining the weight, I was very uncomfortable in my body. Mm. Uh, and I didn't understand why at such a young age I was putting on all this weight when like, I was... I was playing every sport, you know? So I think it was the weight issue that really fueled me and thyroid problems run in my family. So I I went to the doctor and they told me I was too young to be put on medication. And, and also like you'll resonate with this. I was, um, I started, I was sexually active at 16 Mm -hmm. and of course I was going to be on birth control. So at first I started with the pill and then I went on the, the Depo Provera shot and I was uh, on it for way too long. Okay. So there was a, an accumulation of like birth control, thyroid problems. And yeah, wow. I put on this weight, right? For sure. And, and yeah. And then I started getting migraines and it was, you know, there was a lot of health problems there and I was pretty young. So yeah, the gym, Like, uh, when I started getting more into fitness, a lot of that stuff started falling away, but it wasn't truly until I was put on proper thyroid medication that things just started to run more smoothly and function for you. Well, I'm glad that you were able to find that. And when you were, um, so when it came to college, did you stay in Saskatchewan to go to college? Did you go off to college? So again, like at that time, like post-secondary education, it was very, um, like limited <laughs> it well no it was like highly recommended it was like um that's what you did okay like, that's what everybody was doing around town it's like you go off to college to get better education yes or like you were like in my case I was like my brother went to SIAST but then I was the only one who like went to university so it was like um it was kind of like I was groomed for that in a yeah. sense no absolutely and, um, sorry, what was the question? That's okay, girl. Don't you, 
so topic. I'm like ranting. I'm like, Kate. And bringing it back. Where were we? Um, Yeah, no worries. I was just asking about your um, location for college. Oh, yes. So Saskatoon, I came to to U of S for for two years. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Zero. Yeah. I took two years. Um, First year, I was like fully immersed within the the university life. And then second year, I got a really good job. Uh, summer job I, w- I worked for highway construction for uh, the government and I was making really good money and they offered for me to stay so I was Ooh. like okay so I did I have I'm crazy I worked like 18 hour days and did correspondence Oof. for my second half of the year and then I moved back here for my I guess my fourth semester Okay. And then after that, I was like, I hate university. There is nothing about like, I, I, I'm just like the type A personality. I can't fail mm-hmm. in my mind. So like, I didn't necessarily love what I was learning or have any use for what I was learning. It was just like, I have to do good at it no matter what, like I'm okay. spending money on this now. And I hated it. Like, yeah. The professors, like you were just simply a number to them. Like I, I went to tutoring, I did all this stuff and nobody could help me with math. Um, half the time, like I remember <laughs> I'm very outspoken. So I was in an auditorium for an economics class and the, the professor's laser light wasn't working for like, I don't know, a week. And he's pointing at things and everyone's looking around at each other. And finally he's like, you guys understand? And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I don't know, we don't know, nobody knows what you're pointing at. Like, so I'm spending all of this money and you can't even put a, a fucking $2 battery in your laser pointer. You're telling me like, you can't see that what we can't see. Like, no doubt. Oh yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's definitely hard. And like, you know, especially coming from that spot where you don't want to fail, you're learning that adults aren't always smarter than you are. Right. And that's, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow when you're growing up where you're like, what adults actually don't know everything. This is crazy. Okay. Um, and like trying to find yourself. So like, what were some of the challenges that you went through in college when it came to, um, finding yourself? Well, I mean, the biggest learning curve was, I mean, hmm. I was kind of, I was very independent kid. So being the baby of a family, my brother and sister left. Um, like, I don't want to get into, like, there's no victim card that I'm playing whatsoever, but I have a very unique childhood. Okay. So I had a great childhood. It was, I mean, as a farm kid, I couldn't ask for a better upbringing. However, you know, in, in a family of divorce, like I was, we were one of the first people in my hometown, I think that I can recall my, my parents got divorced. So, and everything's big in a small town. If you're not from a small town, I went from a big city to a small town. And let me tell you, the worlds are completely different. Okay. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't keep nothing from nobody. No, no. And, everybody- and everybody's cousins, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it was tough. Like it was, but that made me very strong, very mm-hmm. strong because I grew up very quick and realized that life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and nor should it be. 
And because mm. of those hardships that I face and all the things that adversity, just from that alone, um, <laughs> you have a lot of takeaways as to life not being fair, you know, um, what is fair, right? Yeah. Um, things, things happen that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of what came out of that, and it took me years to realize was going from the shift of being in a household where you know there's a lot of animosity and tension and stuff all the time to seeing your parents happy afterwards. Yes. So you have a lot, like I, I understood the, the, the that you need to go through shit in order to sometimes see happiness. Cause like for you to be able to say that, you know, life isn't perfect, nor should it be like, that's huge. And for you to realize that, like you obviously went through something in your life and that could even be the pivotal moment where you're like, okay, like that good shit can come from bad shit. You know what I mean? Like, obviously it wasn't great when they were divorcing, obviously it created a tough household, but being able to see them split and still find happiness after that, it was like, okay, like it, not everything is going to be sunshine and rainbows. And as much as we would love to see everything just like work in this perfect pattern, sometimes we need to go through the hardest things in order to grow us. Right. hundred percent. And I, I gravitate towards people who have gone through situations similar because of that reason. Um, it's very hard for me to connect with people who, who don't understand that life isn't all sunshine and rainbows and that you aren't entitled to that. And actually you shouldn't want to be entitled to that. You should actually seek out things that are hard because that is where growth consists. Like it, that's where, that's where it lives. It's not in a comfort zone. It's not in sweeping shit under the rug. Mm. It's in looking at a situation, knowing there's no way around it, hiking up your pants and just fucking getting her done. Right. right? Yes. Yes. I love that. There's no way around, but like through And my grandpa was a, he was a very significant person in my life. And he taught me a lot of those things. He always said one foot in front of the other eyes forward, never back. And it was always really repeated and, and easy to say, but you have no idea how to do it until you're going through it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you are a kid who is pubescent going through hormonal changes, you know, the, 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 the worst thing in the world is, you know, a boy not liking her mm-hmm. you know? or your friends breaking up with you. And <laughs> yes, you know, so you, and then it puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. Like it, um, I, I no longer like, I mean, I'm 36 now. Right. So this is a lot of years of growth and going through it. Mm -hmm. Trial and error. And everything that happens to me now, I have like a 24 hour rebound. It's crazy. Like it's, um, I don't sit and wallow because that only hurts me. Mm -hmm. And I know like, what's the point of like, and it can take a lot of people, a lot of time to realize that. And the victim card I struggle with because you have the power to change anything in your life. Yes. And if you want to be the person that struggles or, you know, is always fighting it 
Yeah, you know? for sure. And that's the way you view it. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to really go inward and be like, what am I doing? That's making this so like struggly. Why am I on the struggle bus all the time? Because nine times out of 10, it's you, man. Mm-hmm. And you have to change something about you. It's not the rest of the world. No. So, and if it is the rest of the world, always dealing you a shitty card, it's because you live perpetually in negative energy and you mm-hmm. are toxic from mm-hmm. head to toe. 100%. But people don't want to look, do that. People no. don't want to be like, oh, I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so. It's funny because we break ourselves down in, in so many bad ways, but then we don't take the time to self-reflect properly. That's actually going to allow us to like pursue further in our life. You know, it's really funny that we'll do that. Like we'll sit there and like break down our body of how shitty it is, how fat we are, whatever. But like, we won't take that time to like actually assess about like how we're feeling, how we're reacting to certain people. How was my tone when I was talking to my husband and I was, you know, pissed off or whatever. The funny part is, is like a lot of the time you're explaining stories about something that doesn't even have to do with the person you're talking to, but you're coming off as a total dick. Right. And it's just about being accountable for your fucking actions at the end of the day. And, you know, you brought up a really big thing about pretty much like an I am statement because you're like, if you want to label yourself as something. And I just recently had a human behavior specialist on, and he was saying the same thing when it came to, when it comes to depression and anxiety, like you can't label yourself as I am depressed. Like that's literally putting that over you as that is who you are, but it's something that you're feeling. It's not who you are. So I think that you've given some extremely value, valuable advice there. And I want to know, like, so you ended up finding fitness ended up figuring out strength training. It's now the gym that you're training out of now, but through those years, because you chose to keep pushing forward, what kind of opportunities have you been presented with when it comes to pursuing your career and your passion in fitness? Hmm. Um, honestly, like I took a, like working with Vince was just like a complete leap. I dove in. So as far as like opportunities being presented to me, it's, um, I mean, supplement world, you know, I like they approached me wanting to sponsor me as an athlete when I was like really into the height of my competing career, you know, and that was huge. But honestly, like I, I, if you've seen my social media, I mean, I try, but I don't really put myself out there as much as, um, I think a lot of people have advised me to it's um, so my exposure is quite limited, but when it came to competing, I mean, if I would have been able to keep going with it, I think, uh, I think a lot of opportunities probably would have come my way. Um, But honestly, like I, I find that every day I meet someone new and that I can, steer in the right direction, offer them a bit of help, inspiration, whatever they need to look at life a little bit differently to maybe step forward into a new, into a new perspective of how they need to shift things. And that fitness is an outlet and it is a great piece of health. It is, um, it's just one tool, right? It all has to start here and here And then everything will kind of come from outside of that. So I guess the opportunities I would say is 
being able to change people's lives, man. Like it's people ask me all the time, like, uh, like, is that a real job? <laughs> and I, I laugh because I'm like, you have no idea what life is about, man. Like, uh-huh. that's exactly and- it. And I think that that's honestly something that I admire the most about you is that you're not there to be like, you know, the hottest trainer on fucking Instagram. You're not there for 10,000 likes. You're not there. You know what I mean? You're actually there because you genuinely care about people and you want to impact them from a spot of from the inside out, because that's what you firmly believe is that mindset is everything. And that's what you're really preaching in this message. And I think that a lot of us need to recognize that we could have the hottest bodies out there. And if we're not feeling it on the inside, it it just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So we got to be able to do that self-work. Um, so I'm really proud of you for this. So what do you think that fitness has done for your mental health overall? Honestly, it's like, it's full on, like probably saved my life. I could, I could easily say like going just back to a point you touched on there. Like when we could have the greatest body ever, but our mindset could be shit. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. When I was in my peak condition, I was probably in the most turmoil of my life. Okay. Um, Lots of body dysmorphia or. No, I, I was recently divorced. I lost a baby. So I, I went very extreme. So because of, because fitness was my outlet, I decided to deal with things by just focusing on one thing that I can control. Yeah. And it was what you could control. Right. And first, I just want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, But when it comes to when it comes to, to anything in life, we can get so obsessed with it and try to control it in a negative way. And like, that's the difference between being passionate and obsessive. And I've talked about this before on my Instagram. And cause I think it is like that defining line of like, what we're doing is healthy. And now what we're doing is not healthy just because it is quote unquote, a healthy outlet. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. Like we, unfortunately, like the social media and everything very much portrays fitness icons as like the epitome of health. Yeah. And I would like arguably say that we are one of the most unhealthy industries out there, mm-hmm. both in mindset and realistic expectations. Um, and it just, it's very hard because when you've been through it, you know, you can see it. You can just like, you can see somebody's Instagram or you can see something that's been posted. You can see comments that are being made and you just know where that person is in their insecurities in their, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it's very hard. Like if that would have been me, a very, you know, impressionable young woman seeing what I'm seeing now, Lord, like, I don't even know. Like, um, that's what I actually want you to dive a little bit deeper into. So like, let's just look at some of these listeners. They're, they're not coaches. They don't know what we know. And so what do you think is so dangerous about this industry and what you think is so fooling to the eye 
where, you know, we might be able to pick out these insecurities and be like, damn girl, you need to do some fucking work. Stop, stop yeah. trying to train everybody else before you put in the work yourself. Yes. Or because, because the, they're just seeing these people, they're seeing a nice gym outfit, right? That everything looks pretty. Like at the end of the day, as humans, we're attracted to pretty, we want to see pretty. So <laughs> half the time it's the wrong fucking form, but the gym outfit looks good. So let's give it a thousand likes. Right. So What is it that's creating this for us to be so obsessed with things that aren't real? Like, what are you seeing in this? It's instant gratification. Uh, It's these trainers and people out there who are fresh, that don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, that uh, are giving all this advice. Right. So they're promising quick results. They promise, um, you know, they promise the, the illusion of looking like them or Mm -hmm. living the lifestyle that they live. Right. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's so far from the fucking truth, man. Like people think that fitness people have it all together when we are like pretty much the, in the most insecure people. Like once you pick up weights, once you get into this like arena, the body dysmorphia, it just skyrockets. We're never going to be good enough. We never. And I mean, that's what keeps us hungry. That's what keeps us going. That's what keeps us fighting for it. Sure. Yes. Um, so I don't see that there's, I mean, there is a, there's a positive aspect to that. Don't get me wrong. It's just a really fine line before you're rocking on either side. Yes. So that's where like when coaches don't, or when people claim to be coaches, but are doing, you know, a thousand different exercises on like on, on Instagram, just to like, if you pull up an Instagram and they have, if you do one or two scrolls and they have six leg workouts, I mean, what, why your people are probably going to try those. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are they learning from you? They're learning. They're not going to get an ass like yours. Mm -hmm. Like you are teaching them different things to do, but you're not, you're not stressing the fact that doing one of those extras or one of those workouts over time is what's going to you know, eventually get you the results that you're after. Not choosing a different workout every day of the week. Right. And I think that like what I'm really hearing from what you're saying is that as a listener looking for a coach, we need to make sure that we're assessing the post on how can we apply this to me? Not how can I be that person? And I think that because of our insecurities, we forget that we need to be ourselves still. Right. And we end up wanting to be somebody else. Like what you said, like, it's like this chick's in a really nice house. She's got a great gym outfit on, you know what I mean? Like Like, the whole vibe is going there. It's like, fuck yeah. I'd love to be there too in that nice mansion. But you know, like that's not my life. And so we need to really understand that Instagram is there to look nice. Everything is meant to look pretty. Like nobody's posting trash on Instagram. And if they are, they're not getting any likes. You know what I mean? Because that's just the way it's designed and it works. So we need to be realistic on when we're looking at these things, how can we apply this to our life? We cannot look at other people's bodies and expect for us to look the same or to get the same results. And so if somebody is telling you that they have a five minute ab program that is going to bring you a six pack into 
two weeks, they fucking lying to you. Okay. Like this yeah. is the shit that you need to look out for because at the end of the day, we want everything instant. Like Jess said, instant gratification is the most dangerous thing. And so when we are obsessed with getting things quickly, this is where we fall into these rabbit holes and don't actually see clearly like the way that Jess and I are seeing, knowing that these traps are out there. And if there wasn't any fucking insecurities, these people wouldn't have anybody to market to. That's the funniest part. Okay. We would all be seeing clearly. So I really love what you said there, Jess. And like, if you were to leave everybody with a piece of advice about getting into fitness, starting their journey, does it need to just be like weightlifting, like what you do? What does that look like for advice to somebody just starting out? First of all, the very first thing is be realistic with yourself. What? Cause if you are about to embark on a huge lifestyle change, which if you are, so if, if someone is, you know, drawn to Instagram and they, I think, you know, that's where it starts somewhere. They've seen something or their friend has lost weight, put on some muscle, looks good. You know, something has attracted them to something in fitness. Right. Uh, I think they're, they're all or nothing. That is Mm -hmm. a huge mistake. I always tell like whoever I'm talking to when they're, when they want to get some advice is what's your self-awareness like you need to be self-aware you mm-hmm. need to start looking at your habits and realizing that this shit's going to take some time. If you cannot accept that mm-hmm. and take it, you know, one little bite at a time, then you're going to be right back here in a year yeah. and you are going to be so frustrated. But if you can take it as a, I'm, I hate saying it like this, but you are your own experiment. You don't know what your body is going to respond to. You don't know what your body loves, you know, like, my body loves aggressive work. Does it like yoga? No. Like, I mean, yes, I benefit from it, but I don't, I don't get a sense of, ah, like every time. It's it's something that you can easily skip, right? Like if you're, if yoga was scheduled into your program, you'd be like, I'm going to probably skip that yoga. Right. So it's not something that you feel like you'd be consistent with. Right. So, but, and because of that, I'm self-aware. And then I I do my self-care in other ways. There we go. Just because your girlfriend did yoga doesn't mean that that's going to work for you. And I think that you brought up a really good point. Like you see a coworker that's lost weight or a family member and you're like, well, shit, what did you do? And it's like, oh, well, I just ran a marathon. And it's like, well, I got to get into running. And it's like, especially running. I I full on fucking do that. (laughs) See, we've all been there. Right. And it's something that we do. We just want to figure out the answer because we've seen it work for somebody that we know. So obviously it's got to work, but that doesn't mean that it's the right answer for us. Exactly. Like, dude, I ran three 10 Ks in a month. Whoa. (laughs) Psycho. Yeah. No, (laughs) like absolutely off my rocker. Like I, I look back now and I was, I was a fucking cliche like I was like oh I want to I gotta lose this weight running and I and I and I hated every single time that I ran every time I don't I mean there was maybe I would say you know my training five times that I like mid run I was like hey you know this feels pretty good five wow and I was like why am I but 
you think this is all I have. This is all I can do. This is, this is what I have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so then you just put up with it. And do you think like after those races that I, I stuck with running? Absolutely not. I was like, I I do not like this. This is not for me. So that's important is finding something that is sustainable that goes for diets and everything. Diets are, Oh my God, that's probably my biggest, like pet peeve is seeing like keto intermittent fasting, all this shit. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's great. But at the end of the day, it's a caloric deficit and it is what works for the individual. Mm -hmm. What works for them? Like, that's my first question. Someone's like, I want to try keto. I was like, okay, first things first, are you going to cut out carbs for the rest of your life? And they're like, no, I was like, then keto's not for you, hon. Yeah, keto's that's exactly it. 100. So they don't realize that, but they hear someone be like, yeah, I did keto and I lost 50 pounds in three months. And they're like, I'm doing it. Well, <laughs> I mean, and how about cardio? You know, like we, we know that cardio is an effective tool for weight loss. So like, wouldn't it make sense to just do cardio dress? Like, what's your opinion on just going and running or just hitting the elliptical, right? Because that's how we need to move our body and you can lose a lot of weight that way. What's the effects of that? (laughs) Okay. So cardio, I mean, it's great for your ticker, obviously a lot of health benefits to doing cardio. And I think everybody should incorporate a certain amount to it just for heart health. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to achieving the physique that you want to achieve, I actually just made a reel on this and I'm very excited to post it now. Um, It's this toned, this um, culture of toned. And I mean, if that's a language you want to use, like, you know, people are, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, hundred percent with our verbiage, right? They don't understand that toned equals lean muscle tissue, Mm -hmm. right? So, or the exposure of lean muscle tissue, which it means you need to be on the leaner side of body composition Mm -hmm. and have some muscle to show. So that's the first thing I, I tell people too, when they're like, so I do this much cardio. I was like, okay. And I asked them why and what they're doing. And, you know, they read somewhere or they told someone told them to do it. And I was like, okay. And how do you feel about the way that you look though? Is it like, how do you, and how, what's your appetite like? And you know, all these, like, what are your joints like? And they're like, well, I'm like starving all the time. And like, I just feel like I'm, I lost weight, but I look the same. And the skinny fat, I like to call it the skinny fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I say you may have lost weight, but you just look like a little or or a smaller version of yourself. Correct. And they're like, yeah, like it's not the way you want it to look though. Right. And they're like, absolutely not. Like, okay, here enters uh, weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because, and I mean, this may sound cocky as fuck, but I don't really care because I work hard. People will sit across from me and they'll be like, well, I'll lift weights, but I don't want to look like, like you though. You know, like, and, and, and I, I don't care. I'm like, don't worry, honey, you know, you won't. Yeah. This takes years and years and motherfucking years. <laughs> years. And I'm talking like six, seven days a week and being yeah. diligent, disciplined with diet, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was like, don't worry, it won't happen. Plus you don't have the testosterone in your body to, you know, get there in a, in a very fast way. Right. What will Absolutely. happen though? is that you will feel empowered. Mm -hmm. You will no longer be just so focused on aesthetics. And this is the beautiful part about weightlifting that I tell everybody is if you can shift your mind and your perspective and your goals for just 
teeter it a little bit to the performance side of things. Stop worrying about what it's, what you're going to look like or how you look all the time and just going to the gym every day, wanting to be a little bit better, you know, and like get that pull up, lift that weight, do something you've never done before. That's where confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where like, and you could look exactly the same. You could put on more weight, which a lot of girls do because they want to bulk because they want to put on more muscle. Mm -hmm. So they will end up getting a little bit chubbier, right? Mm -hmm. In order to be an environment for growth. But they love their bodies. And why is that? It's because Mm -hmm. they're strong and badass as fuck. And it's absolutely. I mean, I think that's something so beautiful to be a part of. Right. And I love asking new clients what they would like their ideal weight to come in at, because I always let them know that they will never come in at that weight because the physique that they want is never the the number on the scale that you think it's going to be like, absolutely never. Jess just said these, these women are absolutely loving their physiques. They're weighing more than they thought that they ever would, but they don't care because they're empowered. They're strong. They're feeling so good in that. And so these unrealistic expectations that we have with the scale, you know, that we have with our body, like we can treat it so, so badly sometimes guys. And we just need to take it easy one step at a time, not feeling like we need to take the entire world on and not feeling like we need to become someone else and not just grow who we are. Okay. So that's, that's the message that I really hope that you guys get from this podcast. And Jess, you know, I know you've been through a lot in your life and to close this off, I would really just like to know what is a piece of advice that you would like to give everybody on how to continually level up their life and become the person that they're supposed to be. Hmm. Oh man. One piece of advice. You're asking a lot. I know. I'm sorry. I do this. If you, if you need to break it down to like two or three, that's cool too. <laughs> First it's having a vision of what you want your life to look like. And whether that's in your job, your, your health, your partners, your friendships, mm-hmm. it all, like I said at the beginning, if you don't like your life, you have all the power in the world to change it. And I think people need to take more responsibility. So like, I would say that is number one, take responsibility for your life, man. Once you look at like, I've been through so much shit and bad shit has happened to me, like really bad shit. But I can look back at that and be grateful for those experiences now because I learned a lot. And there's a lot of takeaway from it. And yeah. due to that, I can now relate to people. I can talk to them. I can empathize coming from a, a heart centered place, not acting like I know everything. Mm-hmm. It's more of like, I've been there. You're going to get through it, you know, and I'm reassuring that. Right. So not, don't be afraid to fail. Jump in. That's where life happens. That's where it's the most, the most beautiful things can happen during failure. And you are not living unless you're failing. And um, yeah, I would say those two are to the biggest thing is to take risks and take responsibility mm-hmm. to, and like, and like everybody knows my Instagram is basically, I mean, yes, it's fitness orientated, but I do really stress the mental aspect side of things. Mm-hmm. So it all starts there. If you can conquer this, you can conquer literally anything. So 
Love that. That is great advice for the listeners. I so much appreciate your time, your insight and everything. So girl, I want to know if everybody wants to come and check you out, check out these reels that you're dropping, this mindset info, where is the best place to check you? Is it on Instagram? Is there anywhere else that they should find you? Let us know. Instagram is the place. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm very bad at the social media side of things. I, I consider myself very old school. Mm. So you will find me on Facebook, but only because of a link, like, cause I can link the two. You will never find me physically on there. So if you message me, I am very, very sorry. Go to my Instagram or email me like, uh, so those are the best two ways, uh, would be Instagram and email. So becoming HAF hard as fuck is the, the acronym there. Love it. Can't really see my, I made that. So good. That is amazing. I can't believe that you made it. Can be crafty at times. There we go. This woman can do it all guys. So just to let you know, we are recording on December 15th. So if you want to scroll back on Jess's page to find that reel that she says that she's posting, um, and you can check that out. Otherwise, um, I will make sure that I take her Instagram in the notes. And I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I have never done this and I, I, it was so much fun. I love it. Well, you came off as a professional girl, so we're definitely going to have you again in the future. So stay tuned for that, guys. And just again, thanks so much for tuning in. We will catch you next fucking Monday. And that's another honest episode dropped. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Naked in Truth, where we come together every Monday morning to set the week off with intention. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram page, at Naked and Truth Podcast to stay up to date on future episodes, guest speakers, and other kick-ass info that can help you continue to create your impact. And you know that reviews are so valuable when it comes to building a community of like-minded people. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please drop some love on Apple Podcast Reviews and share this episode with someone who you think needs it. Thank you guys so much again for tuning into today's episode. I'll catch you next Monday. And don't forget, love always wins.